This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Getting pretty comfy while we relax here in yes, Kelly. Yes, thank you. Romeo. I am. Yes, yes, me oh, too. For sure. Me too. You know, an hour's <laughs> gone by. We can finally relax, right? No, kidding. It's oh, been yeah. a nice, relaxing show, and we've uh, talked about a lot of different things as well as we kick so into the second question, hour. So I have a question, if I may. Yes. So you said Thursday's kind of that day where it seems kind of the rhythm. It's the an old staple, like Greg David was mentioning yesterday on the show about Thursday nights on 1980s TV. I have to submit that I think the old faithful, the old feels the same day is Friday. Mm, yeah, that's true. Friday as well. Friday is a, a, almost everything we have on there is a weekly contribution. So all our Fridays sound, feel very similar. And we did that on purpose, as we usually say we do. Mondays as Less well. Work. And that's what I was saying earlier, right? Like all the days have their own thing. But for some reason, Thursday stand out to me. And it might be yeah. because of how much um, anxiety, oh, maybe that's not the right word, that the round table <laughs> gave me at the beginning, you know? <laughs> that's crazy. Also, I kind of get a kick out of the fact that sometimes we get in themes without even necessarily trying. We're filling spots yes. and bang. Wow, it just works out that way. Uh, speaking of working out food, Food is always on our mind here, and we've got to work out some food as we welcome in Mary Mamaliti from Kitchen Confession. If you're like me, the kitchen is your favorite room in the house. I'm Mary Mamaliti, here with a handful of goodies from my kitchen, including food trends, cooking tips, and of course, some delicious recipes. Oh, yes, always. And today, Mary wants to talk about food and beverage trends of 2023. Mary, welcome back. How are you? It is great to be back, and I am fantastic. Awesome. Glad to have you, of course. And we have you here weekly now on the program, so let's dig in. Uh, oh, gee, yeah, I'm uh, so excited. Food, I get to hang out comments. with you guys every single week now. Mm -hmm. You betcha. What are some of the trends, Mayor, that you want to bring up that we should look for in 2023? Okay, so you both know I've been doing the food trends at the start of each year for the last few years. Mm -hmm. And one yes. thing that I've learned is that these lists, they are not to be mistaken for fads. So there is a difference. Basically, anything that is trending on what I like to call the infomercial of social media's TikTok. So like the butterboard, <laughs> tinned fish date night. What? Um, maybe a C, C uh, let me try and pronounce this, secuterie, secuterie board. Secuterie boards. I mean, if oh, you can't yeah. pronounce it, why eat it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> trust me, I'm Are okay we talking about that. the traditional There's... charcuterie? Yeah. Oh, but yeah, with fish. so yeah. good. Oh, and, no. And that's a, oh, wow. oh, no. Oh, secuterie. Secuterie, oh. that's it. Oh, man, I like that. I don't know. We're going to have to talk about it. <laughs> we'll oh, talk man. about it. But, you know, like those fats, even the feta pasta, it'll fizzle out over time. Yeah. Whereas trends, trending foods, they stick around and they grow year over year. And they've got like this rooted social media presence. So I just wanted to mention that. And now that I've got that in, Let's dive in. So okay. some of the food trends to watch for in 2023 may be reminiscent of years past with like a brand new twist. So wellness will continue to be top of mind for more, maybe more energy, less fatigue. Um, 
food and beverage focus on you know emotional and mental mm-hmm. health the rise of mood foods so mm-hmm. this is interesting what makes me feel good to eat no i feel like that's not it in many no. ways okay yeah. in, in sometimes many you don't ways. have to eat to feel good with that eh? <laughs> yeah that's exactly it so yeah food food it's really just a fancy fun way to say cannabis infused foods okay Mm-hmm. So, right. Mm-hmm. So mood food, it's been growing in popularity um, for some time. You know, with YouTube channels, they're dedicated to cannabis cooking. Hundreds now of searchable recipes. Just search up mood food recipes. And then this will gain more and more traction over the year. So be prepared. That's going to happen. Wow. Right. It's, to me, you know what? I'm sorry, people out there who may take this in a very offensive way, but... Dan Panamondo, uh, there in the control room, he'll he'll totally know where I'm coming from with this one. But it's sort of like people who develop so many recipes with hot sauce. They would argue the same that, well, you know, you guys go and run out and make your hot sauce recipes and everything that you can make to make food burn and hot. So I, I, I think as we go through patterns of what's in, what's not in food, I'm sure there are those who would defend what we're talking about here, Mm -hmm. the mood food, in the same way. Uh, I'm not sure I would compare them the same uh, at this point in life, but, you know, I haven't even run into it. This is the first time I'm hearing of mood food. Yeah, well, people have been doing this for quite some time. It's just it's really starting to gain traction okay. and popularity also in 2020. Also, a little more legal now, apparently. <laughs> so, I guess right, I just don't follow why. these TikTok uh, channels, so I wouldn't know. It's not. It's not so, up. I mean, well, then speaking of, we we go into like mocktails yes. and non-alcoholic cocktails. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're moving away from that alcohol, and they're they're gaining a lot of traction side by side with that THC infused food. Mm-hmm. And so side by side with that, and they're appearing more and more on restaurant menus, uh, and they're taking up more real estate on grocery store shelves. The mocktails. So, yeah, mocktails. <laughs> Mocktail mixes. Um, are, there's a rise. Yeah. I'm definitely seeing those. Right. Gut health. <laughs> gut health. Yes. Remember, I mean, we've, yes. gut health we've talked about for years. And the difference is it's amping up this year. So probiotics, which I personally happen to love and take religiously, uh, probiotics, they've been steadily growing in popularity. So expect to see them appear beyond that yogurt, right? So we're we're used to seeing them in yogurt. We're used to seeing them in supplement Mm -hmm. form, but get used to seeing probiotics. They're being added to non-traditional foods like chocolate, ice cream, juices, sauces, even nutrition bars. Mm. Right. And Mary, yeah. how much, when you hear this, when you first, I, I'm sure you gave it the thumbs up. I, I think this is tremendous because the gut, as we've learned on our show from from so many different people, contributors, guests, it's yeah. everything when it comes to our health and, and making sure the right things get to where they're supposed to in our bodies. Absolutely. And there's so many things that, that center and start from our gut. So yeah. good gut health is so important for overall health. Mm-hmm. There's more uh, of this kind of healthy eating and alternative foods trending as well. Well, that's the thing. So you you are seeing that uprise in healthy health and wellness. It's becoming a huge um, focus. We're kind of we, we may still be technically in the pandemic, but we're kind of coming out of it. We're seeing, you know, a little shift, and everyone's thinking more about we were just eating everything and anything, and now let's yeah. let's start really taking care of us. Yeah. 
plant-based alternatives. What do you right, think about and not the only, prices on this? Right. I mean, and not only with, um, uh, you know, food, it's mental health as well mm-hmm, that we're mm-hmm. really focusing what, in on. What are you seeing on the price of when you look at the gut health, uh, when people are talking the probiotics, the, the foods that are going to contain? Because as we always say, the stuff that's really good for us is going to cost more. And this, to me, is a really good thing to, to, to have worked into uh, onto the food shelves everywhere. Absolutely. I mean, if we are paying more for that chocolate, right, let's get it a little more beneficial for us. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind paying that extra if you're putting in a little extra probiotic in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? We're taking it right? anyways. So, Mary, let's keep moving with the plant alternatives. Okay. So, plant based alternatives, they're branching out with a focus on sustainability and innovation. I was so excited when I read about this. So, I've seen the term upcycling being used. And what this means is it's being used quite a bit, especially this year. You're going to notice it more and more. Now that I've told you about it, you're going to notice it. It takes plant-based food that would have normally gone to waste, Mm -hmm. right? And then takes that and processes them and processes them for use in other products. So uh, how can I give you an example? Okay, so such as pulp. And maybe even like spent grain from soy milk or oat milk, mm-hmm. they're being added mm-hmm. to flour. Ah, and that's how they're reusing. Yes, yes, yes. Makes sense. Even if it's to to, to fill out, right? Like like exactly. and ride as an accompaniment. That's tremendous. Um, Getting rid of food waste. Right. Oh, and, sure. and our parents and, were onto something. Use everything. Yes. Yep. For sure. For sure. Um, what is swicy food trend the trend? What 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 does swicy mean? I'm so glad you asked because I was like, <laughs> spicy. Nowadays, if you take yeah. two words, you mash them together, you've got a trending word. Sweet and spicy. So, right? But exactly. So spicy, yeah. basically what it means, is just a mashup of sweet and spicy. And there's sweet and spicy elements in a single meal or dessert. So spicy food includes things like hot honey, Hells yeah. um, ah. chili, mm-hmm. right? Hot honey, love it. Chili-infused dark chocolate, so good if you haven't that tried That is good. Yes. I've had a good I one. I've had one that, that I didn't love, but I had another one that was good, so. Dark chocolate, yeah. too? Was mm-hmm. it dark? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I think I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the dark chocolate. I yeah. just, I it love it. It dark I, I with think a kick. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And it seems and like the best just thing like a that hint. it would be. Yeah, just a hint. Mm-hmm. Of the yeah, spice. it's just that hint. Um, even sweet and spicy chicken. There's also, I want to add in, there's a rise in chicken. This year as well. <laughs> really, uh, like, gee, honestly, I wonder fried, why. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like fried chicken sandwiches, um, sweet and spicy chicken, all of that good stuff. Chicken's always been good. I don't know what people have been missing out on, but go on. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, well, for oh, one, it's uh, not rising in price as much as the other. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> mushrooms, guys. Mushrooms have been around. You either hate them or you love them. Do love either them. of you love you love a mushroom? I love yes. mushrooms. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love mushrooms of any kind. So mushrooms, they're actually having their moment in 2023. Well-deserved. Um, restaurateurs, home cooks, all looking for sustainable, low-cost ingredients. They can be that that sustainable, low-cost ingredients that can be sourced regularly and <laughs> locally. Um, so sourcing them locally, again, saves us on cost. 
So this I'm, mushroom I'm not big fits on that mushroom though. soup, like like you know, when it when, or sauces. I'm not as big unless I have nice chunks. But I, I I wanted to make sure I said that because anything else, mushroom, oh my, especially garlic mushrooms Delicious. with cheese, oh. Delicious. Right. I mean, and so, wow. I mean, rest assured, our trusted Cremini and Shiitake, those guys are sticking around. Um, yeah, yeah. But expect a little more growth in specialty okay. mushrooms. So we're talking about oyster mushrooms, the trumpet mushroom. I actually had my first trumpet mushroom when we were filming uh, Taste of the Prairies in Edmonton. Wow. So good. Mayor, we're going to have to pause. We're going to have to carry this on yeah. uh, next week and that we will let ourselves get too carried away and stopping and saying, oh. Mary, appreciate it. Really love always having you on board with us. Uh, check out Mary's discussions and recipes on kitchenconfession.com. And of course, you can find uh, the Kitchen Confession podcast using your favorite podcast platform. We're going to take a break. That was my line. Um, <laughs> come back. Talking accessible gaming. We have some show and tell on that front as well. We'll be back. This is Kelly and Ramia. with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Exciting times as we get through Kelly and Romeo on a Thursday afternoon. And, you know, every Thursday has something special for you. For example, on the second Tuesday of the month, we like to talk accessible gaming. And in the past, we've had Dave and Debbie join us for these monthly segments. We've gone through a ton. Uh, they've featured anything from tabletop gaming to gaming with your smartphones and smart devices at home, running game nights, and having inclusive gaming with your friends and family members who may be sighted, able-bodied, and how to uh, conduct that, host that. We talked about uh, fun group games versus fun drinking games and fun solo games, all kinds of things. So I thought as uh, Dave and Debbie are not joining us any longer for the time being, that on the spot today that we could feature some of these cool things now that we're on TV in real life and demo some of the um, some of the fantastic things that Dave and Debbie have talked about in the past and that I own and actually have borrowed as well. It's a show and tell class. It's a show and tell. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. It's like uh, kindergarten or grade one or whatever all over again. So Kels, um, I've brought some things to show to you and our viewers. And these include cards, dice, die, I guess, plural, and uh, my beloved chess set. So maybe we can go through mm. individually one by one, but in categories, and we can start with playing cards. So okay. we have, you know, a regular 52 deck of cards. Um, nothing about that needs to change when you're playing in an inclusive fashion, right? So uh, we're playing in card games with people. You're still going to use the standard 52 deck, 54 if you're using jokers. But what may be altered is the kind of cards that you use. And if you're playing amongst people who have uh, low vision or who are completely blind, you have some options out there. And we'll highlight the, the options as we go through this segment. But let's talk about the type of cards you could play with. So. 
in um, general, you can have cards that are large print, that are braille, and you can even have cards that are high contrast. So what I'm holding up right now are braille cards. I don't have all 52 cards in my hand. These are <laughs> just a sample size <laughs> of braille cards. And Kelly, have you played with braille cards before? Oh yeah, yeah, I've okay. had decks braille cards. Okay, perfect. So you might be familiar with um, some braille being in English, they call it English style or American style. And the difference right. is that when you have the English style, the suit and the um, number, so like the value of the card and the suit are put next to each other. They read left to right, as these cards do. But if you have the American Braille cards, then they read top to bottom. I think it's like the value of the card on top and then the suit right under it. Um, it's interesting because different card makes of cards will do different things. For example, in this deck, the 10 is marked with an X. Okay, so it right. doesn't say yep. zero, but in other no. decks that I've used, it says zero for 10. Have you uh, run into this? I, I've seen, I believe, well, what we consider one and zero. So I have seen like an actual 10 without a number sign or anything like that in okay, lowercase yep. braille. Right, okay, I've never and run I've into that. I've seen the X, okay. yeah, and I've seen the X. Okay, and you've seen the X. Yeah, so the X is yep, what sure. um, these cards have. Do you have a preference of reading left to right or top to bottom with the cards? Um, it doesn't really matter to me. I, I, I've tended to like top to bottom. Oh, okay, I'm the opposite. it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter to me. I prefer left to right I, simply because it feels less bulky in my hands. Like, you know, as you as you yep. hold cards and you're reading Braille, and, and you could be really strategic with uh, playing with Braille cards, by the way. That's why I really enjoy using them, because you can hold them under the table and be very discreet right. about it. You have People have no idea. Um, and sometimes people forget who can't see, who have never seen. You go and you look at it, and the tendency to read a Braille card, you bend it. A little That's bit. That's right. And sometimes yeah. the yeah. cheater in the room really <laughs> cranes their neck they know. and to try to take a look. But yeah, I, I tended always to play under the table. Yes, same here. Actually, at the beginning or even now in circumstances where I'm surrounded by other people who are blind or low vision, like if it's just a... Um, uh, blind low vision uh, people uh, in the group. Group. Yeah. Yes. Then we all just play our fa cards face up because yep. you know, unless there's some high partials who are willing to cheat about it, but we usually know. We can tell. Well, usually you feel them leaning right over your. Yeah, you know, that's right. Oh, you can't see that well. Yeah. Do you want another drink, Romeo? <laughs> nice ace of hearts. Yeah. So those are the braille cards. Um, and we'll leave it right there. The only other thing I could mention is that Braille cards can be very slippery. So when you're shuffling and you're inexperienced, like uh, I was for a bit, uh, the cards can go all over the place. So, Do you feel that the texture, the thickness, are they thicker? No. If anything, they feel thinner. I don't think thinner. so, right? Yeah. yeah. But they're yeah. made of that very slippery, um, Matt called it the vinyl material. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but they're very, very like slippery. They almost feel laminated. Yes. Almost, not quite. But. That's right. Um, because, of course, the Braille sticks better. I've had paper Braille cards, but they don't last because by the oh, time gosh, the Braille no. gets smushed. We, have you it. ever made your own deck? I have not, but I have a friend yeah. who's made me Braille Uno. So they've taken Uno oh. cards and uh, Brailled them, and that's that's precious. Yeah. Have you? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. We used to make, take card decks. It takes time, and obviously you need someone who can read the card to you, and then you make up your 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 system 
or just use the system it's out there if you smart exactly. use the system so everyone can play yeah so we'll keep moving with cards um these are just large print cards so they aren't regular decks but they're probably the closest to a like the average deck of cards that you'll run into it's just everything stays the same the graphics stay the same on the face cards um but things are just blown up a little bit so if all you need is a little bit of zoom or the people in your um in your game night just need a bit of magnification or are willing to use their cards along with an actual physical magnifier, then you have those. Now, okay. the last uh, bunch of cards that I'm going to hold up are high contrast cards. And I used these for a really long time before I moved on to Braille cards because I love them. So these cards are high contrast. So the red and the black that usually your suits are, right? So the reds mm -hmm. for hearts and diamonds, black for spades and clubs. What they've done is, very impressively, made the background of the card. So on the face of the card, the background is the red or the black. So you automatically know, if you can see color, that uh, if the, the the card is black, then you're talking about a black suit. If your card is red, then you're talking about a red suit. And then they still Everything on here is pretty gigantic. There are basically four quadrants in the card, uh, on the card, mm -hmm. and each quadrant contains either the number, like the value of the card, or a sign representing the suit. So it will. So they're a larger card. They're no, the card itself nope. is the same size, same but size? the print okay. will take up a quarter of the card. And the print okay. is in white, I believe. Somebody correct me in my ear if that's wrong. But the card okay. itself is the color of the suit, and then the print is in white, and the little signs that they use, because sometimes it can be hard to tell a spade from a club or a heart from mm -hmm. a diamond. It, it can look very um, blurry or just you're not sure, right? So what they've done, and I love this, is use a dash, a hyphen, or an equal sign, or use... Um, a vertical line or a vertical double line to represent. So that would the, be somewhere on the card to let you know. Yes. This is this a, is a, this a sign. Yes, and you okay. just yep. familiarize yep. yourself. Say, okay, if I if I have the horizontal dash, I know it's this suit. If I have the vertical dash, mm -hmm. I know it's this suit. But it's much easier to digest and look at than yep. to try to figure out is that a clubs or spades or what am I looking at? And hey, can somebody tell me this? You know what I mean? I love it. Um, these you can find at the CNIB. Any of these you can find at the CNIB, by the way. But also there are tons of other places where you can find these accessible cards and accessible um, games. Uh, tabletop games because you know it's not just CNIB anymore though that may be the easiest place for you to go 64 ounce games is one uh, in Toronto there are a couple of their stores but maybe you can even just google it we can find yeah, that I out. think a lot of game places might have for cards the different accessible yeah. sets because so many people need them especially yeah. you know as you get older and you mentioned the size too. I've definitely seen decks of cards that are blown up quite literally in size. <laughs> so you yeah. have just a giant yeah. deck of cards. That was the bingo cards I always knew. That, nice. you know, doing the bingo cards were like that, blown right up and like your chessboard, like a real full yes. set made up. Yes, and we're going to get to the chessboard in a second, but before that I want to talk to show you dice. Uh, so we have two sets of dice here. I'm holding one in each hand. In my right hand there's a white die with black dots on it, and in my left hand there's a black dice uh, die with uh, white dots on it. And the reason why these dice are cool is, first of all, they're huge. Okay, so I can only pretty much hold one in the palm of my hand, Kells. They're gigantic. Right. Yep. Um, what could wow. I compare this to? The size like, of... Oh. 
I've got to say like a Rubik's Cube. I don't think an it's that big, cube. and I'm not sure you know what that, like an yes, ice cube. I'd say a Rubik's cube. cube is too big. Too big, but maybe yeah. a, a square of a Rubik's Cube. It's pretty big. Okay. Um, and they're tactile. So right. all the dots are marked uh, in a tactile way, so you can feel around to feel what you're holding. And mm -hmm. also, my friend who I borrowed these from, they've actually made the dots, they've painted or repainted the dots in the opposite color, so they're pretty high contrast as well. Now, Do you, you can- Do you prefer indented or uh, outdented dots? I prefer the embossed, like when it's tactile oh. up rather than indented because it just feels faster in order to, to mm -hmm. go through them. But you might prefer the opposite. And of course, if you have the option of which contrast you prefer, then that's cool too. But I will show you the other dice I have, and this is specifically from a game called uh, left, right, center, which we're not gonna get into it, but I wanted to show you the dice. These are regular size dice, so the size of maybe your thumbnail, um, but they're indented, as you mentioned, Kels. So all the little portions of the dice, which this one has a big hole, because these aren't regular dice. Um, this got a big hole, a big C, a, a left, L for left and R for right, and these are indented dice. And I find it harder to deal with these, A, because yeah. they're smaller, and B, because they're indented rather than um, embossed. Right. Yeah. Yep. Okay, not sure how much time we have left, but I will now show you my chess set. Um, Listen this, to that. I hear that sliding over there. That's some good weight to that. A nice audio. So this is actually technically, well, at least when I got it, a travel-sized chess set, okay? And it's travel-sized because it folds in half, and you can leave all the stuff inside. Uh, it folds like a oh, book. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm, I like that. And clamp it shut together. And actually, for this purpose, I am going to clamp it shut so I can hold it up and show you. Um, this came as a not accessible chess set. It was just a bare bones, regular chess set, and my friend took the opportunity to say, I'm gonna make it accessible for you. So it was really, really fun. Um, he's made the entire board high contrast, so the uh, white and the black of the checkers of the chessboard are um, not painted on, but they he's dropped some paper on it so you can feel that the black stands up and the white stays in. So when you move your hand mm -hmm. across the board, you can feel the difference right. between the, the ups and downs. Now also, these have little holes in them, and the holes are magnetic to put my chess pieces on. So that's also a nice uh, detail. Nice, this, very nice. Exactly, I've seen other chess boards where um, there are actually uh, holes where you push pegs in, similar to cribbage, but, mm -hmm. um, we are uh, using magnets for this one. And when you talk about the pieces themselves, if you wanna compare some of the pieces I brought, um, the black pieces are left alone and the white pieces have little tiny nails in their heads so that you can tell the tactile difference between the two boards. There are also, or boards, two pieces. There are also braille uh, to keep track of the chess grid. There is braille along the edges of the board to let you know when you're at A7 or B5 or you know, somebody who plays chess better than me will know. Uh, so that's pretty much it for the chessboard as well. Any That questions? is really cool. I love it. I love that it was made for you like that and the, the accessibility of it. Because as you said a while ago about everything here, you want to play with speed. One of the things I've noticed playing with other, you know, especially when you play with sighted people, it's lickety-split for them. For yes. us, you have to Not have that so time. Much. 
And all this is designed to speed it up and give you that ability to, to make everything inclusive. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for uh, taking the opportunity and hanging out with me while I demo and show and tell. It made me feel like a kid again. I appreciate First you demo listening. show and tell on the TV <laughs> version of our show. Exactly. Uh, but we will be back next month, same time, the second Thursday of the month, to talk accessible gaming. After the break, we have our trusted weekly roundtable. Kelly's going to take over that one. We'll be back with John Melville. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Welcome back to Kelly and Ramya on AMI. We're having a lot of fun demoing things here. It was uh, my first demo. I'm sure, Kelly, you'll demo like fedoras or something sometime soon. Um, maybe we can get our gardener, Susan One of Kearney these in. Days, yeah. One of these oh, days. Sus are always fun with all the toys she has. Yes, exactly. Let's go through all our guests who've joined us on collections over the years and uh, make them demo because now we're on TV. But also, food demos. When that's coming up, guys. Oh, got to think about it. Talk about it. <laughs> But anyways, it's that time of the day. Kels, I'll hand it over to you. I like the idea of food demos. Yeah. Just uh, just uh, bring them down here to London. We'll spread it all out, and I'll tell you all about it. Folks, it's that time every week. Uh, now, in this segment, we open the door for the uh, roundtable discussion. Isn't it convenient that we have a roundtable? Well, it's actually oval. Just say yeah, it. The blind guy feels it now. goes, <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. Is a surfboard almost no, like enough not to even qualify close. as an oval? It, like, yeah, but so? not oval and not round enough to be mistaken for a round table. A squashed oval. It's more squashed, like a you know on the ends there. Right, so that's we'll pretend it's close. Okay, enough, right. Sure. Oh boy, nice to hear that. Nice to get back into the the flow here with the roundtable as we bring a few items together. And uh, folks who participate never really know what we're going to talk about. I just handpick a few things and bring them forward. And I think it's apropos for uh, with all the changes with us taking a month to get ready to do TV simulcast with AMI audio. The man that we bring in to have a, a quick chat about different things and kind of one of those guys who made sure we have all what we need to execute it and make sure things happened and uh, now help us arrive right where we are now. Uh, I'm talking VP, John Melville of Content Development and Programming over here at AMI. John, welcome and congratulations to you. I think we get a lot of congratulations, but uh, you and the senior management team, all you guys need to be really Congratulate as well for the success uh, with this control room available to us, the fantastic work being done in there, and putting us out here on TV and on AMI-audio. Welcome to TV, Kelly and Remia. Good to be back. Uh, um, last time it was audio, and now we have framing up and everything else going on. And uh, uh, I love the graphic for the roundtable opening, uh, you know, all these new things we've got. Uh, mm -hmm. So... It's an exciting week. Uh, this is the first week of launch and uh, day four, right? Yep. So with that being said, John, uh, give us a report. Give us the report card on uh, uh, in your position, uh, senior management, the conversations that have happened. Give us the gossip. I mean, give us the, you're not supposed to gossip, John. Uh, give us the information. How, how are we meeting criterion? Thumbs up. 
Well, as you guys probably know, um, the you know you usually hear the loudest noises when things don't go well. Um, I have to say that it's been relatively quiet, but in a good way. Um, lots of compliments. Uh, I think the whole production team is uh, is breathing a sigh of relief that uh, you know so far, fingers crossed. Murphy is always not too far away, but uh, we are we are up and uh, almost a cruising altitude. You know, um, it's a big step to go from doing a a radio show or an audio show to full-on TV. And uh, I have to say that, uh, give some credit to the uh, the Now team who had been doing it for a while already, mm-hmm. um, who had really kind of, when they were starting their rehearsals, um, we, we saw that things were working as they should. Um, it's very difficult to just start from nothing. And you guys, as you know, have been doing uh, Kelly and Ramia for years on AMI-audio. So, the hope was that when we added TV to the equation that uh, it wouldn't change the show, and I don't think it has. I mean, I, it, I listened to the first show on AMI-audio because that was the one thing I wanted to to hear was, do you guys still have the same dynamic that you had when you were on, uh, on, on AMI-audio? And you're still on AMI-audio, so we're still talking on AMI-audio. But now, of course, there's TV cameras, there's nervousness, there's graphics, there's all kinds of things that have been added. So I think, generally speaking... Um, we're all very happy and uh, relieved and love the look. I mean, it, it just, it looks fantastic in my opinion. So, Rum, he said, uh, nervous. You took that away from there, right? That's all you really heard what John just said. You heard him say, well, nervous. I thought he was talking about TV. you. So I'm nervous. Like, uh, Rumya has all that makeup chill, over there man. just in case. I've got the sweat makeup over here, but I told him we don't need to worry about that. I have a fedora on all the time. Yeah, just even with sweep the lights. Up the sweat. Got it. Are you uh, soak it all up? Um, how did you feel, Ramya? First, first week doing this, and 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 you know, kind of John. We know that uh, when we went through rehearsals, we, there was a lot of anxiety for us. But thinking, where are we at? Our first times of of getting ready to set up a live show, and you know, are we behind? Are we where we should be? Is this to be expected? What we're experiencing, Rum? What what are you feeling now that we're a few days in? Yeah, there's no other really word to describe it other than first, 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 right? Because we had I had the first. Friday or weekend before the the launch and then the first day getting prepped for TV, the first day coming and sitting on set and uh, knowing that this is it, this is not a test run, like we're going to air. <laughs> and then um, the first glitch or the first thing going on that we have to figure out and then that first, that's a wrap, you know, like we're done, the two hours are over, that first day. as as. Soon as we put that first day in the books, Kels, I think I just physically relaxed. Like I didn't fully relax until the end of the first show. And when that was over, I was like, okay, you know, I felt like 50% of the pressure was off. And then a long sleep. Yeah. A long what? Sleep? <laughs> Did you have a long oh, yeah. sleep afterward? Oh Did my you? gosh. Yeah, because you had so much tension. Yeah, so much tension leading into it. And and it's just yeah. because it's not even because I uh, like John, you mentioned the chemistry between Kelly and I, and that's pretty much all I relied on. I was like, no matter what changes there are, Kelly and I have been doing this for so long. We're friends. We're good. We got each other's backs, and uh, we'll make it through. And it's not that it wasn't without hiccups, you know, but we we made it through because we um, have that chemistry. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and I just wanted to add, too, that... Um, I think one thing that we've also got with the television uh, show now is we've got a really fantastic crew working with you guys. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, you, bet. you know, it, when we're talking about chemistry, 
um, you know, we're, we're, we've, I think, been fortunate enough to take everything you've got and, and the folks that have been working with you all these years on, on, on Kellyanne Ramia on the, on the radio show. And, you know, the, the crew that we've added uh, in, in the control room now, and it's a brand new control room. It's a little, literally like a brand new car. You know, mm-hmm. everything has, a, even as a new car smell, you know. Um, and we've had to learn all that. And I think the, the, the folks that are working there are, you know, a lot of very talented people, good, you know, and, and I, I've been in the control room. I was there yesterday, you know, just watching, you know, everybody doing their work. And uh, it, it takes a team effort to get this thing yes. to air every day. And, uh, uh, you know, I just want to make sure we acknowledge the hard work that everybody's been doing right across the board and on the now team, too, because the, we are doing two shows mm-hmm. um, and uh, we're, we're feeling good, I think. A lot of future plans, too, with that control room. John, give us a couple little tips so people can just kind of picture that space. Can you describe it just a little bit for our audience? How many sure. monitors um, are in there, for example? <laughs> Lots. Uh, I don't know if I've actually <laughs> counted them all. Um, we even have monitors within monitors. Um, we have uh, the way they do. It, I mean, in the old days when I used to do it, we had a monitor for every source, right? Uh, but now they can do, uh, you know, what they call multi viewers, where you take a, you know, a. a giant screen TV, you know, 65 inch TV, and and you've got like, you know, eight or 12 different screens squares, on right? it. Squares, right. essentially, that little squares, like kind of like a Zoom call, Hollywood right? square. Yeah, like exactly. a Zoom call. You get six people on Zoom, there it is, right? Um, so there's that. That is what's part of the what we call the front deck. So there's a front deck and a rear deck. Um, and basically on the front deck, you have the... Uh, the uh, pre- preview monitor, and then you have the actual program monitor. So they can preview all the sources that they have coming in. So that's me, that's the next guest, that's graphics, et cetera, et cetera. And then on the right-hand monitor, which is the preview to air, and then the on-air monitor, they're looking at the shot that's about to go to air, just to make sure that everybody's okay there. And then they have the actual feed that's going out to uh, distribution. So that's on the front deck. And seated at the front deck, you will have... Um, uh, the show director, and you will have the sh- the show switcher, and uh, hopefully I'm not missing anything. And then you also have uh, a rear deck where we have uh, graphics and uh, uh, the uh, we have the one of the producers, the visual producers on the rear deck as well, and that's the that's Megan who got me on today, um, and uh, they are all responsible for sort of the pre-show prep, etc. And not to forget the audio, which is how we hear all this. Uh, it's in a separate room, and Parker's in there right now um, with the uh, mixing the audio so that uh, all the sources are sounding you know good. And and uh, we actually took over. Um, the space that had been used by voice print so nothing at EMI is ever wasted it's all it's just Mm-mm. change right uh so kelly you worked there back in the day you know you know the space um we all we did was take out the workstations and i saw billy on billy shackleton on earlier you know bill's now uh, at home but he too was in there you know we had a lot of good times in that space and now we're oh, going to yeah. have more good times with our new control room you know and uh state-of-the-art equipment um we went with a raw carbonite switcher with expression graphics um so it's going to keep us going for for many years and we're excited about that now i know other programs when without tipping hands too much or saying too much when other plans happen for live programming the team over there will be added to or whatever is necessary but that control room can work from our office in 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 montreal for example 
It works there too, doesn't it? Yeah, well, at any point. So what we did was we centralized the the operational piece, which is the uh, the switching that's going on today in the that space in Toronto. But as you know, Kelly, you're in London. I'm in Brockville. Rami is on site at the uh, studio today. Um, but we can do this show from anywhere. But the important thing is that everything is switched at the Toronto facility. Uh, so in future, if when we might do a show from Montreal, or if you guys are on the road doing a live remote. Um, you can be anywhere, but the team will assemble in that space. And now what we can do is put the show live to air, uh, which is a big step for AMI because everything else that we do is pre-recorded and, and is programmed to run out in a pre-recorded form. But live programming, we're actually speaking in real time here. So it's it's live content. And now we have the ability to do that anytime we want. So before we leave this conversation, John, and get to what the roundtable is, I'm going to ask this question. Why would AMI need to do this? Why would we need more live programming? Is that the key? Is it more of our own programming? What would you tell that person that says, hey, I, I kind of miss some of the old movies and things like that that you guys traditionally rent? Well, we're still going to be running the movies, Kelly. Um, this is part of something that we're just adding to the mix. I, I think what you're going to see in the coming months is uh, we'll, we'll be continuing with our movies, but we are going to be exhibiting much more of our own content that we create ourselves. So mm -hmm. the shows that people have become familiar with, uh, you know, Fashion Disc, By Hook or By Cook, Adaptable Animals, all of these shows are going to continue to be produced. And there's new ones that we're always developing as well. Uh, the live shows give us the opportunity to speak in real time. So, I mean, you guys know what that means. You can mm -hmm. talk about something that's happening now. Um, and the frequency of the show, too. You're on every day, you know, so people can come and tune in and, you know, they get to know you. Uh, they, you're a destination for, for folks to watch. Um, and there's a relationship that builds with 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 your hosts, like very one on one relationship. I think we all remember, you know, our favorite DJ or our favorite talk you show bet. host. You know, oh, it's yeah. a very personal relationship, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that live gives us. And and many of those folks that are watching will probably be a guest sometime at some point too, right? So there's <laughs> nothing right. like actually coming to Kelly and Remia, right? Uh, and 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 being able to uh, participate in real time. And we'll and seek seeing... you out. Exactly. <laughs> and seeing your friends on here. That's the way. Yeah, there's always a collection and a hobby that, that's uh, right, a, you know, segment that needs to be filled. Yeah, I, I still owe Randy that visit. Yeah, I know. I was waiting for TV oh, so yeah. I could show all my stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's got the music stuff alone. We'll get to that. Um, the chaos yesterday, guys, in uh, American airports yesterday has been blamed on a computer malfunction that actually began on Tuesday. Reporter Justin Finch has details for us. The first nationwide ground stoppage since 9-11 now traced to an FAA system failure undergoing routine maintenance. A senior official says it appears an FAA computer engineer mistakenly replaced one file with another. The essential system then began showing problems before failing, despite FAA staffers' efforts to identify the issue. We're going to own it, we're going to find it, and we're going to fix it. More than 10,000 U.S. flights delayed and over 1,300 canceled Wednesday. So explain to me, guys. Uh, I'll start with you, Ramya. What does this stuff do? We've seen a series of different things going on uh, through your feeling of wanting to get out there and travel. 
Yeah, this is problematic for sure. And it comes on the heels of a conversation I had this morning with Dave Brown on their show about would I take really, really inexpensive um, flights? Like, there are things being offered where you could go to Europe for 100 bucks round trip or 200 bucks round trip. And I'm like, I don't know. It, it doesn't necessarily directly mean that because these uh, options are cheap that they're also inevitably going to break down or problems are going to occur. But it's like... Do we have the trust? And I think we're being—we're already coming from a very vulnerable uh, position of all the other things that have been going on the last couple of years, where we didn't want to travel at all. So there's anxieties upon anxieties on top of each other. Okay, today this hearing is going on. I'll give John the last word on this uh, flying subject in a moment. Uh, executives from Canada's top airlines and the federal transport minister are appearing in front of a uh, parliamentary committee today to testify about the mess that thousands of passengers experienced over the holidays. Representatives from Sunwing, Air Canada and WestJet are being called to explain what led to the delays and cancellations that affected thousands as a winter storm moved in before Christmas. But it's not Mother Nature MPC is the problem. It's the communication, or lack thereof, the companies had with passengers whose plans were upended. While the president of Sunwing intends to appear, neither Air Canada nor WestJet will be represented by a president or CEO. Instead, they are sending vice presidents. NDP leader Jugmeet Singh says Canadians deserve an explanation and the least CEOs could do is show up. Both companies say their CEOs were unavailable. Stephanie Taylor, The Canadian Press. Ottawa. So, John, very quickly, give us some thoughts here. You just traveled and, you know, amongst some of this chaos going on. Very quickly, yeah. I'm going to lay the blame right at the feet of the, fe the federal government, be that the one we have now or the one we've had in the past. Um, if you look at the the our industry, which is also federally regulated broadcast communications, we are regulated by the CRTC. We have strict rules of engagement, very strict rules. Um, and, you know, if the CRTC wants the CEO of Bell or AMI to appear, they will appear and they will answer right. for what's going on in the broadcast industry. We don't have that in transportation. Over the years, uh, government regulation has stepped back. There's been privatization. I'm not against privatization, but the, the the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. The baggage mm -hmm. handlers don't know what the airlines are doing. The airport authorities don't know what the taxis are doing. It's just a big mess. And right. I think the government really needs to, and maybe that's what these hearings are, are set to accomplish. John, it's not about government John, control. It's about... Uh, yeah. Yeah, we got to cut you off. You know all That's about okay. TV. <laughs> Thanks, John, for being with us on the roundtable. Rum? You bet. We're Thanks, gonna, guys. We're going to be back to wrap up the show. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. of Kelly and Remia here on AMI. Thanks for joining us and sticking it all through the show, sticking around and uh, hearing what we have to share with you. And we shared a lot. So let's get mm. to some of these reflections so you can go check them out on your favorite podcast platform afterwards on demand. Kelly? Well, you know, demo, you showed off some game boards and that, but the, the thing that I really enjoyed in that segment, for people who have not experienced any of our accessible gaming, Rumya, was what we were talking about, about how 
And we know, and we're big on this show about inclusiveness, and I know as much as I'm not really a game person, how many people tell me they enjoy that? That's what they do. And always people talk about, well, you know, I can play with my family, my children. my, mm. And I find that is the one thing when you guys talk about getting together and carrying on. And, and that's wonderful that you can do it. But the fact that it doesn't matter if you're playing a game, there's device, there's accessibility so that a, a, a blind father can play with his kids or whomever it might be. Yes, that inclusive gaming is so empowering and you can leave these uh, nights, these game nights, not feeling like, oh, I didn't get to take part in this, I didn't get to take part in that, and instead leave feeling like, oh my gosh, I connected with these people um, on that level. And it just makes such a difference. Independently, yes. whether it's cards, yes. poker, whatever it might be that you, you may have some adapting to do, but you're able to do that if that's something you enjoy. Uh, how about for you? What segment do you want to shout out? I love talking to Fern Lullum. Or did about I just her. take it? No, no. No, it's okay. I wasn't going to hype myself up. It's all good. Um, we were talking to Fern Lullum about her road to counseling. She's in the midst of becoming a counselor, a certified counselor, and she's uh, doing incredibly well. You know, talking about that disclosure of disability and also just the progress, the process of everything, going through the schooling, the uh, hours she has to put in with the. Um, not internship, but, you know, like the the work, the field work, and yep. all of the above. So she was very generous in sharing all that with us. We keep posted mm -hmm. with her every other week, and you can check out that conversation by searching for Kelly and Romeo on your favorite podcasting platform. Ooh, now, uh, mm -hmm. I, I just want to add Bill Shackleton. Two items that were sent by Brock Richardson that uh, Catherine found for him uh, or found out and passed them on to Brock to give. They were about travel, accessible yes. travel. Really interesting. Check that out too, folks. Absolutely. And you can also check out The Best of the Buzz, which comes out on the first Saturday of the month. Find out what's coming up on tomorrow's edition of Now with Dave Brown. It's the Friday edition. And Paul Daniel, one of the producers on the show, is here to give us a preview. Hello, Paul. Hello, Ramya. On tomorrow's show, the Friday news panel, made up of Jody Gupta from The Pulse, journalist Michelle McQuig, and Dave Brown, discuss some of the big stories of the week, including the federal government's purchase of the F-35 fighter jets for a paltry $19 billion to replace the aging CF-18s. The question is, is this money well spent? Mm. Entertainment critic Michael McNeely will be re reviewing the movie Till, and Karen McKay from the Center for Equitable Library Access will give us her future selections from, from the Celia Collection. This week's theme will be, will be all the books are all relatively new published titles. Okay, Great. well, are fighter jets worth the money we pay for them? <laughs> I'm definitely curious about the conversation on that. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. What if it's just, um, you know, most of the money was spent on the aesthetics? We'd be mad about well, that, wouldn't we? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know people will complain and say, well, we can't just count on another country defending us. We need to buy our own stuff. Hey, why are we spending money on that? But with the federal government, we know there must have been a deal somewhere. Yeah. Discounted? Mm. <laughs> well, let's look ahead to tomorrow's show. Friday edition of Kelly and Ramia uh, includes the chatty bookshelf with Ryan Huey, and he's going to come on to talk about a record a record was broken in the audiobook community in 2022. He's going to tell us all the details on that. I'm curious.
You know, last week we talked to John Beeler and we didn't say that he was in Las Vegas. He'll be on tomorrow with his app update. He'll be recapping his visit to the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, where he learned about an autonomous wheelchair being tested at the Winnipeg airport. So cool, Rum. Oh, yeah. There's always so much coming out of the CES. And every year we try to squeeze in as much as possible in 15 minutes and we never get to not even all mm -hmm. of what he brings. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Have you been following? Uh, not a lot, but okay. we know, as we usually do, so many presentations and you can't cover it all. Absolutely. Well, that's all for today. We're going to leave it there and we'll do it all again tomorrow on Kelly and Ramia. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.